Hello. We're on. Hey, so hi, Courtney, and hi, Malcolm, and welcome to another episode of Courtney on Help. We're going to talk about something I love. That's why I have my mug today with my puppy on it. Uh, and I'm going to start off with a, a song that was done by the Ink Spots and then Manhattan Transfer. It's called uh, Java Jive. And it goes just something like this. I love coffee, I love tea. I love a Java Java and it loves me. Coffee and tea and the Java and me. A cup, a cup, a cup, a cup, a cup. Ah. <laughs> Rest of the song, go to YouTube. Anyway, Americans are coffee crazed and there are constantly lines at Starbucks drive-thrus and stores both day and night. Coffee is the second most valuable legally traded commodity in the world, right behind oil. More green coffee is produced than tea and it only takes two grams of tea to make a cup compared to 10 grams of coffee. This could very well be one of the main reasons that worldwide, three cups of tea are drunk for every one cup of coffee. Coffee's popularity in the States can be traced back to the Revolutionary War where a bunch of angry colonists threw boxes of tea overboard to protest British taxes. John Adams, our second president, even went as far as to declare tea a traitor drink and Americans everywhere united in vows to only serve coffee in their homes. In, the mind, in their minds, tea equal British and drinking it was seen as a betrayal to the colonies. I guess patriotism in the, is in the eye of the beholder, which is why freedom fries and, and dumping French wine into the Hudson River became popular after 9-11. My brother Mitch wrote a song called Tea Time, which honors my grandma Sylvie, who was born in England. And here is part of the song lyric. Oh, there must be a bit of British blood in me, cause every so often I feel like having tea. I admit that my British blood does lend me to be a teetotaler at times. So the question that arises, is coffee and tea good for us? So let's find out what Courtney has to say about the yeah. value of our caffeinated friends. And literally, they are our friends. So Courtney, can you, how are you doing? Can you give us um, some history on the Java? I am doing great. I had my cup of joe this morning, so uh, as I start every morning, so um, all good and firey on all cylinders, so that's great stuff. So yeah, um, um, coffee and the caffeine that's in regular coffee um, is an interesting compound because it's both a drug and uh, a food source. So it's rare in that um, you know it's being regulated by two different uh, sources. So we know not everything, but we certainly know a lot about the benefits of coffee drinks, tea drinks, um, but some new data that we can shed some light on today, particularly as it relates to a compound that's found inside coffee. So um, coffee contains, and this is both for decaf and for regular coffee. Let's start with coffee and then we'll move into tea in a little bit. Um, they both contain antioxidants. They both contain these things called polyphenols, which are the active compounds in there where we see some of the non-stimulant benefits associated with coffee. And of course, regular coffee contains caffeine. So the benefits of caffeine and uh, the coffee drinks that contain it is that we know it's helpful for boosting concentration. We know that it helps with alertness. We know that it helps with memory. 
um, recent uh, data suggesting that it's um, helpful for reducing the risk of Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's. Um, it's been well studied in particularly endurance athletes um, in that it helps boost performance. So these are just some of the good things that you know, we know about uh, caffeine in particular. Um, so again, this is all about how much you're having. So your, your typical um, cup of coffee is probably going to have somewhere between 100 milligrams of caffeine um, up to about 120, 130 milligrams of caffeine. Now about that, okay? Cause we're saying, well, what's a cup, right? So this is a cup, uh-huh, yeah. And this is a cup. We already jumped that's up a cup. There. And yeah, that's a cup. That's so, a cup. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my that's cup. cup. Yeah. So this is the way I start my morning typically. <laughs> Um, so obviously one of these is the true eight ounces. One of them is closer to 16 ounces. So when we're talking about recommendations for cups, which is, um, you don't hear that very often. Generally, we're talking about what's in an eight ounce cup of either tea or coffee. So in an eight ounce cup of caffeinated coffee, generally you're going to have between 100 and 120 milligrams. Depends on the coffee, right? If you're having a more blonde, mellow roast, you might be on the low end. If you drink high tests like I do, French roast, that's gonna be on the higher end. And how much coffee do you throw in the coffee maker? So all of these things are going to drive just how much coffee um, ends up, uh, how much caffeine ends up being in your, in your drink. Interesting note about topical caffeine um, being used by dermatologists to, um, uh, it's in a lot of over-the-counter um, and some prescription um, topical creams may help reduce the risk of certain um, of skin cancer. So you can see there's lots of benefits that we do you know, hear about. On the flip side, the downside is that many people suffer tremendously from headaches from coffee. But keep in mind, head it's a, headaches is an interesting one, sort of a plus minus, because do you guys ever know, uh, take um, Excedrin? Yeah. Or the, the over-the-counter version? So the compound that's in there is caffeine. Um, and why? Because it helps um, with headaches. So for some people, it worsens headaches. For some people, it's actually going to you know, help them. So that's going to be a case by case um, you know, situation. We know it increases heart rate. We know it's a stimulant. We know that it increased your blood pressure level. So um, some of the downsides that need to be managed with how much you drink. In women who are trying to conceive or women who are already pregnant, um, we do have growing um, uh, research to suggest that they probably should limit their amount of caffeine in particular to no more than 200 milligrams per day. There appears to be um, some indication that too much caffeine could help with, um, could uh, decrease fertility um, and your ability to conceive um, and then um, issues with birth weight um, in women who are pregnant. So that 200 milligrams per day is generally for women who again, trying to conceive and women who are pregnant. For the rest of us, the FDA regulation is no more than about 400 milligrams um, uh, a day. And again, this is case by case. Some people can drink it all day long and not be affected. Some people have a half a cup of coffee, their heart's racing and they feel miserable. Um, but that's the general guideline. Yeah? Right. Yes, yeah, um, so somehow I feel that the uh, people talk about the acidity that coffee has, that there are negative things that can happen to the body of too much coffee. Um, well, those are the, the those are the well-known negatives. Some people, in terms of gastric upset, 
um, have moved towards, have you heard of cold brew coffee? That's, that's having some traction right now. And the way that that is brewed clearly with cold water, the different processing seems to decrease some of the acidity. So if somebody is avoiding coffee, caffeinated coffee, because of that issue, like gastric reflux, um, they might find some relief in choosing cold brew, might being the operative word there. Um, back, back to headaches a second. I mean, when, you know, if I stop drinking coffee for a few days, I'll start getting some headaches. So um, I know a lot of people, the same thing happens. And I guess, again, it's the caffeine. I mean, what, so what is causing that with the headaches? I mean, if you stop, you go through withdrawal pretty much. Right, right. And although it's not a truly addictive compound caffeine, um, many people suffer from withdrawal headaches, which is why the recommendation is never to really go cold turkey unless you absolutely have to, to titrate back from how much you're having and still give yourself a little bit of caffeine. Um, so, I mean, when I've got a client who's going in for a test, for example, um, and they can't have anything or some kind of surgery, you know, waking up that morning without any caffeine on board can be mm -hmm. brutal and they can, can trip a headache. So the guy, you know, the That's me. start to start to pull back a little bit um, and try not to go cold turkey. If, if, if at all possible. Um, now decaf um, coffee um, is uh, only about three to 12 milligrams of caffeine. So some people find that that's, um, they like that better because it's a much, much lower dose of caffeine and they still get some of the polyphenol antioxidants, some of the benefits, the health benefits separate from um, the caffeine intake. So that's certainly um, an option for somebody who likes the flavor of coffee, but just really can't handle um, you know, the, the level of caffeine that's typically uh, inside. Does it take it away? I'm sorry. Does it take away uh, the benefits if you add sugar and milk? Um, it doesn't take away, but you're clearly adding calories um, right. and, and you could be adding saturated, you know, so saturated fat, if it's whole milk, I, I generally in a cup of coffee, if you're having one or two cups of coffee a day, which is well within like a reasonable guideline and you're using one packet of sugar and a little bit of cream or milk in there, and that's really, you enjoy that. I'm not, we're not going to bust people's horns about having that much. You know, it's, if you're drinking it all day long, then it can be really additive and it'll certainly at the end of the day yield some more calories. So if it's a regular cup of coffee, one packet of sugar, not really a big deal. If you're having a grande size, you know, mochaccino with whipped cream, three pumps of caramel syrup, <laughs> That's turned it into 350 calories, and that's definitely over the limit there. So, um, but well, that, yeah, that's not coffee to me. That's dessert. <laughs> and it is. It is dessert. Um, an article that came out in the Journal of Clinical Nutrition uh, last month, or it might have been in January, um, really focused in on coffee intake and um, cholesterol levels. So, although coffee itself doesn't contain cholesterol. Um, it does contain a compound called colfestol that seems to be the culprit in what their findings were. And that was that in individuals who had more than five to six cups of coffee, so remember that cup is this, right? Eight ounces. Um, they had higher LDL and total cholesterol levels. So again, this has nothing to do with saturated fat or how much cholesterol is in it. It's specifically that compound that was found inside coffee. So even if you take the decaf out of it, and you're drinking six, seven, you're somebody who drinks a lot of coffee throughout the day, you may want to rethink that because the coffee stall is still in there. 
Um, so it's interesting research for people in particular who are at high risk of heart disease or already have established heart disease. Um, right. So that's that's a, what's that? I see people drinking like really majorly giant cups of coffee. Yeah. And they could drink it all during the day. And I don't know how they do. I don't know how they sleep. Does that affect your sleep? Um, absolutely. So one of the downsides of, in particular, caffeinated coffee is that we know that it can stay in your system for some individuals up to four or five hours after you've had the cup of coffee. So if you're somebody who's drinking coffee, like you said, throughout the day or even late in the day, we know that it's going to impact um, sleep in many individuals. Not everybody, um, but many people. So it's something to look at if you are having, if your sleep is disrupted um, or you're getting to sleep okay and you're popping up. We know that the shelf life of caffeine in your system sticks around for a lot longer than you think. So rethinking that late afternoon cup of coffee is again, probably a good idea. Yeah, coffee, the, uh, has a, coffee has the opposite effect on me. I drink coffee, I get a warm feeling. And it makes me tired and I go to sleep. Yeah. See, so it's not everybody. You don't want to make this blanketed no coffee after three, four o'clock in the afternoon because some people are unaffected. Um, but again, case by case, if you're having an issue, definitely something to, you know, to keep in mind. We do know back to that coffee stall that in particular, it's the unfiltered coffee that's the issue. Filtered coffee, like most of us have, like a regular coffee maker with paper filters, don't have the coffee stall. It's not the issue. It's more the issue of things like French presses. You guys familiar with those? Where I, I'm, a, I'm guilty because I, I love French press. So I'm not getting the, uh, you know, protection from the, from the filter. And um, right. And the coffee. Which I don't know if that's smart or stupid, but I've been drinking fresh print, fresh, I mean, uh, French press forever. Yeah. Maybe my ticker is saying something to me. I don't know. <laughs> And again, this is relatively recent data about this, this compound in particular. And for people who really thrive in coffee shops, typically, if you think about barista type coffee drinks, so lattes, cappuccinos, they're made with espresso and espresso, unfortunately, falls into the unfiltered category as well. So you're not off the hook if you're going to Starbucks every day. Um, and having a cappuccino, you know, again, four or five, six of them a day, it's in those drinks as well. So keeping that in mind, um, instant, instant's fine. People use instant coffee and filtered coffee seem to be, um, have, you know, no issue with that capistol compound that's in there. What about tea? Yeah. Is tea going to have the same issues or what? What? Because I, I, I love tea. I'm, I'm part British, you know. I have to drink with my pinky. I up. like your pinky, Maxine. I like that. You got the pinky. It's, that's how my, my, my mom drank that way. And um, my grandmother. <laughs> so. so there doesn't appear to be the issue, the link with cardiovascular disease and LDL levels with tea. Um, so there are almost no downsides to drinking tea, except of course, if you're trying to cut back on your caffeine because it's keeping you awake at night, it's affecting your sleep um, or your heart races. So tea also has a tremendous amount of polyphenols, flavonoids, antioxidants. So we know that it reduces oxidative stress. We know that it can neutralize free radicals in your body. Um, we um, believe that it can actually help with glucose control because there might be some, the mechanism is that it might affect insulin levels. Um, so uh, we know so many things about both tea made from tea leaves, right? So your traditional black tea, white tea, green tea, um, and your herb teas. Um, so 
um, the, the, the tea leaves, it really depends on the fermentation process. So your stronger teas, um, just like your stronger coffees, are going to be um, tea leaves that have had a greater fermentation process to it. The more mild would be something like a white tea. Um, and very popular now, of course, is things like green tea. Um, people seem to really enjoy uh, the green tea compounds. So both very beneficial in terms of what they're doing for your body. Um, we know that some of the herb teas in particular, particularly those that contain things like um, ginger, turmeric, are going to be very helpful for maybe helping with digestion, helping um, as a, a, they really turn down, dial down the inflammation in your body. So they rat, help ratchet back, which, you know, I feel like it's the buzzword inflammation, right? So anything that's going to turn that down will be beneficial. It really depends on your flavor palette, right? If you like those flavors, it's great. Um, so herb teas in general are going to be what's called um, caffeine free. So the caffeine was never in there in the first place, right? So that's what caffeine free means. Decaffeinated doesn't mean zero. Um, it means really low, probably between three and about 12 milligrams of caffeine in there. So the cat that means the caffeine was in there, but it was removed. Yeah. So there are different processes um, by which uh, caffeine can be removed. The most beneficial, which keeps the flavor of both tea and coffee intact um, would be the Swiss water. Um, process. Now that um, is not done by every company. And I will tell you in my research, it's a little hard to find out from different coffee makers and tea makers what process they're using because it's not, uh, does, it's not required to be on a label. Um, so my advice is this. Okay? So if you are concerned about the chemical that they are using in the chemically um, induced decaffeinated process, um, you might want to seek out those products, those coffees and teas that have the organic seal on them, because under the umbrella of that organic seal um, drives the fact that they are not able to use those chemicals um, in their decaffeination process. Um, so I'd like to mention that because people are concerned, you know, they want to know what the process is. Um, I always joke around and say, well, heck, just have caffeine in your coffee and then, you know, you, you get the benefits without the negatives. But some people really don't do well with caffeine, so it's important to, uh, to have options, certainly. Uh, now, uh, aside from taste, is there any difference of the where the coffee bean is grown, whether it be Ethiopia or, or Colombia? Or I, I know they, they taste different, but is there any different, you know, uh, benefits of them? Um, they seem to have, my knowledge of nutrition, like the, there doesn't seem to be that much of a difference. I mean, I think from an you know, ecologic and sort of ethical perspective, people really seem to be migrating towards the fair trade um, because as Maxine mentioned, um, coffee is a tremendous commodity. Um, so um, more people want to know that where they're getting their coffee from, um, farmers have been treating care, being treated carefully. So that's something I would say, if that's important to certainly look for, but from a nutrition perspective, um, there's not much of a difference, but of course, again, it's how it's roasted. So that's going to come down to your palate. Um, like just what you like, you might like more mild flavor or you might like a more bold, you know, flavor in there. Which, which one is milder and which one is bolder? I know there's French roast, there's light roast, there's dark roast. Um, it doesn't get any dar um, um, darker than the French roast. 
Um, I, I, if my, my understanding, and again, I'm not, obviously I don't make coffee for a living, um, <laughs> but French roast is, is the, the, you know, the, the hottest point that they can roast the coffee bean before it literally combusts and, and, and turns into flames. So um, that is at the top point. That's why I like it. <laughs> the blonde, yeah, I'm with you. The blonde coffees are very, very mild. Um, so, you know, that might be, you know, good enough for you. Again, it's palate. There's no wrong um, in it. Unless, of course, again, affecting your sleep or your heart racing or your healthcare provider has said no coffee for you um, and, or caffeine at all. And then, of course, you got to uh, pay attention. Yeah, and this make, yeah. What's that? Now, now, this has nothing to do with the benef benefits of coffee, but I've always found that going out to dinner, that the last thing you generally have is coffee. And generally, the last thought you have about a restaurant, whether you enjoy the food or not, is how good the coffee is. Yeah. And that's the thing a lot of restaurants ignore. But <laughs> it's, to me, it's always very important that last cup, that the cup of coffee, was it good? Does it give you a good feeling when you leave the restaurant? It's, I, I think it's, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sensing a trend with you though. I think you just like the warm fuzzies of a cup of coffee, which is totally fine. I'm, it's, it's great. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, some super trending um, teas and coffees that are out there. And although chai is not new at all, but um, it's definitely one of these teas. So it starts as a black tea, it can be jasmine tea also. It can also be decaffeinated. So that is the base of it. And then a variety of really wonderful warming herbs um, and sp spices are actually added to it. So typically it might be things like cardamom or cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, sometimes black peppercorns are thrown in there for a little bit of heat. Um, so it adds this wonderful flavor to it. So I'm gonna post um, on uh, my Courtney on Health Facebook page, a recipe to make your own. Mm. So literally you're starting with black tea. Um, and I would suggest the, um, the, that you start with the best quality black tea leaves that you can get. Um, I drink Lipton tea all the time, but you really want free tea leaves, good quality, robust flavor to start with. Um, and then adding the fresh spices um, that we mentioned um, in a certain quantity, depending on your palate. And then quite frankly, it's adding to milk. If you don't do dairy milk, cow's milk, um, you can do oat milk, um, but you really want the beauty of the creaminess is a little bit of fat in there. Um, and then of course, any sweetness that you would like. So you could do honey, you could do agave, you could do sugar, um, and you can, and that's the, the purely from scratch version. The next step up with that would be like, this is Twining's um, chai tea. So the blend, the tea bag already has the, the spices in it. So that kind of shortcuts your process a little bit. And then of course you just add whatever sweetener um, and warm milk and it's a wonderful flavor. Um, and it's very relaxing. These compounds that I just mentioned in there are very warming, healing. They reduce inflammation in the body or at least the studies suggest so. They help with digestion. So it's a wonderful alternative if you're trying to pull off coffee for some reason, or if you've got a little bit of a sweet tooth in the afternoon or in the evening, and you're trying to not raid the, the kitchen, it's a wonderful way to get that sweet flavor without the, um, the you know, all the loaded with as many calories. We hear a lot about bubble tea, right? You guys, um, you guys been hanging out in any bubble tea shops? Uh, I've, I've, I've had bubble tea. I've had red tea. I've had matcha tea. I had turmeric tea, um, and and chai, of course, absolutely. But yeah, bubble tea. What what what's that about? 
Um, so um, it's uh, sweetened black tea. So once again, it's starting with uh, black tea, uh, mostly. It can be jasmine again. Um, and there's a usually a decent amount of sweetener added to it. And then the bubbles in quotes, because they're not really the bubbles the way we'd think, um, right. are actually tapioca pearls. Um, that's right. what sits at the bottom of the glass. They usually give you a big straw so you can slurp them up. I feel like it's one of these polarizing beverages, right? I feel like people are either weirded out by it and it's like, this is not for me or people are disciples and they love it. So it's fine. I will tell you that you are not getting because of the small amount of actual black tea that you're getting in there, you're not getting a tremendous amount of nutrition benefit um, from bubble tea. It's fun and if you like it, it's great, but keep in mind there's a calorie load to come along with that. Um, without necessarily the great nutrition benefits. Um, it's, it's like this uh, Dalgona whipped coffee craze now, yes, which they yes. started, which is uh, South Korea, you know, somebody put out this, how to make this whipped coffee that is actually from India and Greece and, and, yeah. and South Korea. And, uh, and during the pandemic, what else are you going to do? Let's try it, you know. Why and, not? Uh, I've that? tried and it's been good and I've tried and it's failed. So, um, so yeah so if you if you're not familiar with anybody who's listening so it's uh, it is a whipped coffee drink so literally it's the coffee beverage that's whipped up so it is instant coffee um so you know whatever brand you have and it has to be the instant you can't use the grinds um and you're going to um use sugar and you sometimes there's a lot of sugar if you're buying it in a in a coffee shop um and hot water you blend that up until it gets really really thick almost whipped cream like at that point, you're putting dollops of it on either cold milk or hot milk, and then you mix it up. So it might seem like a very strong coffee drink, but it ends up being rather dilute because you're putting it in um, usually about an eight ounce cup of, of uh, milk or almond milk or whatever it is. So again, it's fun, um, but because you, it might be a little diluted down in terms of the coffee benefits in there, it might be a great source of vitamin D and calcium if you're using a, a milk or a milk alternative that has that in there. So that's an option too. Um, again, they're fun. They're fun drinks, but your regular old cup of coffee, um, nothing wrong with that. Doesn't have to be fancy, um, but you know it should be your palate. And of course, you need to work within your health, you know your your health of uh, your suite of health issues that you might be struggling with. So you want to make sure that uh, you're enjoying that coffee and getting that warm fuzzy feeling that Malcolm Malcolm gets, um, and not causing any. Um, health problems guys i hate to put an end to this but it's time to wrap up we've we've extended it to over 25 minutes already oh gosh we're, we're, believe it or not believe it or not we are uh whipping up the coffee so you're very welcome my pleasure this was fun this was fun so thanks for joining us for courtney on health follow courtney on facebook and instagram at CLG Wellness. Check out past shows on MalcolmPresents.com and the many shades of green.com. Tweet us at TM Shades of Green and uh, enjoy your cup of joe. See yeah. you next time. Bye. Have a great Bye. Week. Thanks a lot.